Hello and welcome to episode seven of the Andrew Murnane podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, as always, if you have been enjoying the podcast, then it would be greatly appreciated if you toss it a follow, subscribe if you're on YouTube, just press the bunch of buttons that you're looking at right now. Be greatly appreciated. So this episode is going to be a Q&A. Uh, I posted a Instagram story yesterday asking people to ask me questions, and I said I would get to as many as I could in about 10 minutes uh, of this podcast episode, and that is going to be the episode. So I skimmed through it. Uh, looks like there's some decent questions in there. I'm going to try and get to as many as I can and just give some real quick responses, not delve into too much detail, uh, but we'll we'll see what happens. I'm also joined by my nine-year-old chocolate lab, Chloe, over there. Chloe, Chloe, say hi. Hey, there she is. Uh, if you're not on YouTube, you cannot see her. Uh, so if you would like to see her, then go to my YouTube and make sure you subscribe if you get there. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, let's get into it. So I have all the questions up here. It looks like there's, I don't know, 20 or so. Uh, so probably going to be able to get to all of them. Just going to run through them real quick. Uh, all right. This one is from Diego Colombres. Do you have any mantras? Uh, yeah, I've, I've things that I keep in mind and a big thing that I try to do as often as I can is just remember things that I'm grateful for. Remember, think about death, remembering that this time here is very much limited. Uh, just remember that people aren't thinking about me as much as I think they are. That's something I used to struggle with a lot. Uh, do not anymore. I, for the most part, don't really give a fuck what people think of me. Uh, and yeah, so like some, some sayings I keep in mind are things like be where your feet are helps me stay present. Uh, nothing matters. <laughs> nothing ultimately matters is a clarification for that. Uh, meaning that you get to choose what matters most to you. Uh, you're going to die one day. This experience will end. Uh, so I just try to do my best to enjoy it as best as I can. And I think it's just good perspective to keep. Uh, but yeah, anyway, next question. Also from Diego Colombres, uh, what does success mean to you? Uh, ultimately, not having any regrets on my deathbed, day-to-day, -day, uh, being excited every time I wake up every morning. doesn't happen every morning. Some days I feel like shit, but uh, most of the time I feel pretty good waking up. I, I'm excited for the day, excited. Uh, you know, I, I do, I have a job in digital advertising, full-time job that I enjoy, uh, and I really enjoy creating content. So, uh, yeah, success means those things. Uh, what was a turning point slash pivotal moment in your life? Uh, so about three or four years ago, I read The Power of Now, and it just really introduced me to the fact that the present moment is the only thing that's ever real. And those thoughts in your head, like the past and the future, only live in your mind. So I was constantly growing up worrying about uh, the future for the most part going through what if scenarios. So realizing that the present moment is the only thing there ever is gets rid of a lot of that 
anxiety for me and I still feel it from time to time, but, uh, it's much less so than I used to. Uh, and also I think it was summer before, either before or after my junior year of college, I was just like worrying a lot about what people thought of the things that I was doing with my life. Like my summer internship was not the typical corporate one. And I was like, kind of getting worked up about that and worrying about, you know, what people would think of me doing that. And then there was a day that it just hit me and I was like, why in the flying fuck do I care what anyone else thinks of the things that I'm doing in my life? Like they get their own human experience. This is my human experience. I can do whatever I want and I should never feel like I need to do anything to please anyone else like i should be able to do the things that i want to do and not necessarily in in like a selfish way but just like not allowing those people's comments or judgments or you know lack thereof most of it was just perceived things that i i thought people were judging me in reality they probably weren't at all but just realizing that uh that they have their own experience i have mine and their opinions of what i do should not impact me. And that's when things started to switch for me and just started giving a little bit less of a fuck all the time. <laughs> uh, oh, and that question was from ESC Portraits. Uh, next question is from Josh Sintos. And apologies if I mispronounce anyone's name. Doing my best. Lights on or lights off? <laughs> Uh, lights on for sure. Not too bright, but dim, dimly lit. <laughs> uh, next question is from Nam Haikim. What's a bit, what's the best way to maintain high self-esteem? Oh, hmm. interesting question. I feel like that kind of ties into not worrying so much about what people think of you. And beyond that, just realizing that they aren't actually thinking about you. So people with low self-esteem think maybe that other people don't like them, that other people think they're dumb, that other people think they're not good enough. Uh, I guess, uh, is it like that? Is self-esteem? I don't know. This is tough because I haven't really dealt with a ton of self-esteem issues, but I do think it kind of ties into that worrying a lot. Um so realizing that people aren't thinking about you as much as you think they are, uh, I don't know if that necessarily leads to low self-esteem or if it's just something internal. And something I feel strongly about is that I don't like to speak on things that I haven't experienced. Um, so I don't like just pulling advice out of my ass. So there was someone on my TikTok live the other day who's asking, saying they were going through a divorce and they had like four children, like what should they do? And I was like, as much as I would love to help you, I have never even come close to experiencing something like that. So, you know, there may be some things that I talk about that can resonate with you, but for me to give you advice on going through a divorce like that, like, I just don't feel comfortable doing that. I haven't experienced it. So I don't, I have no fucking idea what it's like. Um, so when it comes to maintaining high self-esteem, um, yeah, I think, I guess, I guess disidentifying from your mind can probably help with that. Realizing that that voice in your head isn't your voice, that you're simply the awareness behind it. 
um, that that may be able to help. Because uh, I guess that voice in your head is probably the one saying that you're not good enough, that you aren't enough, and realizing that it's just your subconscious programming doing that, that it's simply a sound that you can hear. Uh, and it, it's not actually you, that you are simply the awareness behind it. You are the watcher of your mind and thoughts. You are the the one who can hear them. Uh, that may help, but hopefully hopefully that helps. Uh, another question from Nam Hakim. Have you traveled around the world? Uh, no, not fully. Uh, and not really much abroad. I was not able to go abroad in college due to uh, playing college baseball. But I went to Europe for three weeks after I graduated college with a bunch of friends from school. Uh, we went to six different cities in Europe. And yeah, that's probably the the closest I've come to traveling abroad. Uh, next question from Shell Cali. What advice would you give someone who is making a huge career change? Uh, I feel like a lot of times when people are making career changes or like quote unquote starting over, they think that they're too old to start over and they worry that, you know, maybe they're 25, 30, 35, 40, and they're worried about completely starting over on a new path or making a entire career change. But I think keeping the perspective of the fact that say you're 30, let's assume for a second, you lived at 90. If you're 30 right now, you have th two more full lifetimes to live before you're 90. So you have, you're 30 now, when you're 60, that'll be another 30 years, similar to what you've just lived. And then 60 to 90 is another 30 years. So even if you think that you're even 50, you have another close to another entire lifetime to live most likely. So even being even older than that, like starting over is maybe not as big of a deal as you think, because, you know, being 25, 30, 35, 40, even 50 is like not really that old. When you look at life, most people's life expectancies, uh, you're actually pretty fucking young. So the fact that people think they have to have things figured out when they're super young is kind of crazy, especially if you're like, you know, 20 you probably have four more full lifetimes, at least three, most likely. Uh, so keeping that perspective can maybe help uh, with some of those anxious thoughts about uh, making a huge career change. Uh, next question from Gfish9576. Do you think it's better to try to change negative thoughts or accept them? Uh, both to a degree, but initially when, when you're having those negative thoughts, accepting them always first step in any time you're having negative thoughts is to accept them. They are what is happening in that moment. And it may seem, you know, those negative thoughts may seem like a negative experience. So you don't want it to happen and you resist them. But resistance is another negative experience while acceptance is a positive experience. So when you're feeling those negative thoughts, you have two options, have another negative experience or have a positive experience on top of it. Which one do you think is going to make you feel better. I'm guessing probably fully accepting it uh, is going to be the best option because it can flip it into a positive experience. And then uh, trying to change them, I think just focusing your attention on, you know, things like things that you're grateful for uh, and truly 
believing, you know, using things like law of attraction, manifesting, journaling, and writing things like, I am grateful, my heart is so warm, now that I have X, Y, Z. These are things maybe you want to happen, maybe they haven't happened yet, but by believing that they have happened and writing it in the present tense, uh, your subconscious will do its best to match your physical reality to that internal reality, and it can start to shift those negative thought patterns into positive thought patterns. But the first thing you always got to do when you're experiencing negative thought patterns is accept them. Uh, if you resist them, if you fight them, uh, there's a quote, one of my favorite quotes is what you resist persists. So the longer you fight it, the longer it's going to stick around. The sooner you accept it, the sooner you allow that feeling and that those thoughts to, to pass through you and they'll actually go away a lot quicker through acceptance. Uh, next question. Coty Claire, have you ever done CAP, ketamine-assisted psychotherapy? Uh, no, I have not, and I have no idea what that is. <laughs> uh, next question. Amon Kylie, do you believe anxiety can be cured by yourself? Uh, yes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think, you know, I think it does, like most things, have to come intrinsically, like have to come from within. Like you want to have to... you have to want to change like that desire to change has to come from within like i used to experience a lot more social anxiety than i do now and there was a point that i got to that i was just sick of it and there's a saying i like suffering is necessary until you realize that it isn't so once you make that flip that switch that like oh maybe i don't have to feel like this all the time uh there's got to be a better way you can you know read books do some research listen to videos listen to some podcasts and maybe those can help you get to a place where you don't feel as much anxiety. Um, but I also, the question again was, do you believe anxiety can be cured by yourself? Anxiety, the harsh truth for majority of people is that it's never going to be fully cured. Like I still feel anxious about a lot of things. And like, I know a lot of very, not saying that I'm like the most confident person ever, but I know a lot of people who are extremely confident and they still get nervous for stuff and anxious about stuff. So that feeling, while it may never go away, it can get a lot quieter through um, practicing different things like meditation and just, you know, understanding that people aren't probably thinking about you as much as you think. Your time here is limited. One day you're going to be dead. Like you don't want to be old and have a bunch of regrets. So just keeping things like that in mind can sometimes help start to shift things, but it's typically not something that happens overnight. Um, and also just disidentifying from your mind, understanding that you are not your mind or your thoughts, simply the one that can hear them because anxiety stems from living in the future, from thinking about the future. So uh, through understanding that, it can be very helpful in uh, quieting your mind and those thought patterns. Uh, so it can be cured by yourself, but it doesn't hurt to try to use tools to help yourself get there. In my opinion, these are all just my opinions, by the way, like just doing my best out here. Uh, Chris, next question from Chris Galegos 15. Do you believe in God? If so, what form? Thanks. Uh, I do. I believe but not in anything close to a human form, but at the same time, kind of 
I don't know. So I believe that God is being itself, that God is the universe, the universal consciousness. God is the present moment. God is everything. So we are all God. God is just everything that exists, the universal life force, the field of energy that we all are. So everyone and everything that you can see and hear and touch in the universe is God. I don't think it's an old man with a white beard sitting up in the sky. Uh, so that's just my thoughts. Uh, Frank Fury. I live in Tampa. Can we meet up and talk about mindfulness? Uh, sure. Maybe I'm not here for much longer. Uh, going to Minnesota next week and then, uh, New York for a couple weeks. Uh, but possibly I'll be back, uh, in the future, but yeah, happy to meet up sometime. Uh, Evan nine, nine, seven, 20. What does it mean to be successful to you? Uh, this is kind of similar. I think there was another question that was kind of similar to this earlier. Uh, what does it mean to be successful to you? Uh, so ultimately I will be happy with my life and feel like I had a successful life. If I am on my deathbed with no regrets or very few regrets, uh, in the short term, I think being successful is waking up excited and feeling good and feeling happy most of the time. You're not going to wake up, even if you, you know, do things you love every single day, some days you're just going to wake up and feel like shit and that's okay. But for the most part, waking up and not dreading whatever you have to do that day, I think that is success. Um, how to focus only on myself, not others' life. This question is from Shame Shemalia Phi. Uh, how to focus only on myself, not others' life. Uh, so I think this kind of ties into my views on jealousy. And it's just that you don't actually know anyone. Like, you don't know anyone, even the people closest to you. You don't know everything they've been through. You don't know what goes on in their head. So you don't actually know anyone or you know very little about people, even the ones you think that you do. So especially not, you know, if you're jealous or focusing on someone else, maybe you want their life or, you know, worried about what they think or anything like that. Like you don't actually know what their life is like, even, you know, like a celebrity or a famous person or someone who's super rich. Like if you, for example, like wanted to trade lives with them, you would have to trade every single piece of their life with them. Not just like the really great, exciting stuff, but also the struggles that they have. Um, maybe they deal with a lot, a lot of, you know, internal pain or something. You would never know that. So just realizing that you don't actually know anyone uh, helps me to not judge myself relative to other people because I simply have no idea what they're going through ever. Uh, so that helps me, uh, how to be confident. Uh, so I think that confidence can become a feeling, but it starts by being like taking action. So like initially, if you want to go from a not confident person to a confident person, you just have to start doing shit that confident people do. Like when you're afraid of something, you make the shift from not doing that, allowing the fear to win to just doing it 
And whatever happens, happens. Most of the time you realize it's not as scary as you thought. So I think being confident initially is an action. And then as you take more of those actions, it will lead you to becoming more comfortable in whatever situation you're so afraid of. And that will lead you to feeling more confident moving forward. Uh, But initially, you just got to do shit that scares you. Uh, Just not let that fear win. When you feel scared, just do it anyway. Realize most likely that it's not as scary as you think. And then you'll be more comfortable. So the next time you'll still be scared, but you'll be a little bit less scared. And then eventually you'll only be like a tiny bit nervous about something. But you have all of these experiences that you've been through where, you know, you've gotten through it. You know, you get through whatever you're so afraid of and you realize, oh, that wasn't so bad. Uh, And then that confidence begins to build. Uh, That question. Oh, yeah, I already said uh, shame. Fi. Next question. Uh, M Evans, seven, two, three. What to do if a guy makes time to see you, but otherwise he does not text you? Uh, I would, I mean, you know, put it in their court if they you know, if they stop texting, then I guess it's most likely if they're making time for you to see you, you know, in a physical way, but not texting you consistently, they probably don't like you as much as you would like them to, or as much as you hope that they do. That's just kind of the the plain truth of that one. Uh, Will, this question is from Jai Ventures. Will I ever find love? Uh, Yes, once you stop looking for it so much. Start being grateful for all the love that you already have in your life. All the things that you love. All the things you love doing. All the things you love seeing. uh, And stop chasing love. The harder you chase it, the faster it's going to run away. So, uh, yeah. I mean, stop chasing it. Be grateful for all the love you already have. And you will attract that love into your life, but it's unlikely that you find it. Uh, what's the best way to get present? Uh, this question's from Miss Katari. What's the best way to get present in the moment? Uh, so I think realizing that you're not present is a really good way. The moment you realize that you're not present, you are present. Just that realization can flip the switch. Um, I think focusing on your breath is a really good way. Breathing always happens in the present moment. And when you're breathing, like it's typically an unconscious action. But if you make it conscious, you are present in that moment. Uh, You can take conscious breaths. You can focus your attention on your breath. Uh, And also just like feeling your body, really feeling different parts of your body uh, can, can ground you in the present moment. And then just realizing that, you know, you, who you truly are is the awareness is always in the present, but your mind is what is living in the past and the future. Your mind can never live in the present. So you can't think about the present moment. You can only be in the present moment. So the better you get at quieting your mind a little bit, uh, the easier it'll become to be present. Uh, next question from Balarezu, biggest fear, uh, having regrets on my deathbed. Next question from Mitch Holcomb, 25. Can I see them titties? <laughs> uh, no, Mitch, sorry. Uh, next question, the prophet Noah. 
were you ever a worrier? Did you ever worry much about stuff growing up? Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, fuck ton all the time. Yeah. That was kind of what led me to eventually I just got sick of feeling that way all the time and realized, you know, there's gotta be a, what a, a better way to live than being worried about things all the time. Uh, so I was always worried about what if scenarios in the future, uh, worrying about what people thought of me. And finally, I just got tired of living like that all the time. Uh, one of the first things I discovered was The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, one of my favorite books uh, that helped introduce me to just like the present moment, the fact that me worrying all the time while I'm doing that, I'm not living in the present moment because all of those thoughts were happening in the future. I was very identified with my mind. I thought that voice in my head was my voice and didn't realize that I was just the awareness behind it. So uh, yeah, long story short, I've dealt with a lot of worrying. And I still worry sometimes today, not as much as I used to, but it still happens. Uh, I'm just better at managing it now. Uh, next question, Josephine Nare. How did you find the book, The Power of Now? Did someone recommend it to you? <laughs> so actually kind of funny. Um, I still follow, uh, but used to follow more closely. This guy, Greg O'Gallagher, he's a fitness influencer. Uh, he goes by Kino Body, is like his platform name. And he, so I was following him like five, four or five years ago, and he was reading The Power of Now and talking a lot about it on his Instagram stories and whatnot, just saying how helpful it was. So I saw that, heard some, he would sometimes play it on his Instagram story or something, listen to some of it. I was like, oh shit, this is making some sense. And yeah, so Grego Gallagher from Kino Body, he is the one who introduced me to the power of now. Uh, and final question from Maxwell and buddies. What are your thoughts on cannabis? Uh, I don't really like it very much. I've smoked, I don't know, probably five or 10 times in my life. I just don't feel very good when I do it. Uh, it makes me more paranoid about things, uh, especially edibles. I do not do well with edibles. <laughs> if any of my friends are listening to this right now, uh, they, they have been there with me for some of those experiences. Uh, they're a few years ago, like in college, but, uh, yeah, those, those are not super fun. <laughs> um, and then smoking, like I, I do fine with, it's just, I don't feel great. I don't know why it's so enjoyable for so many people. They must have a different reaction to me. Cause for me, it's just like, not that exciting. And that wraps it up. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll probably do some more episodes like this. Uh, makes it easy to find, just like get content through something like this. I don't have to think as much and plan out the episode. Uh, I can just answer questions, uh, which is kind of nice. So again, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, if you enjoyed it, make sure you press some buttons, toss me a follow, subscribe on YouTube. It would mean a lot. And yeah. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Talk to you later. Peace.